Welcome to the Leadership Notebook podcast, um, where we're building a culture of self-leadership within communities. I'm Emilia Musima, and I'm glad you tuned in. I'm excited because this is episode one of season two of the Leadership Notebook podcast, and I had a riveting conversation with Lesejo Libuso, who is the group manager for stakeholder relations at Royal King holdings though i just want to mention that she was speaking in her personal capacity in this interview not in the capacity of her role at the company that she works for this is a leader of note she's held leadership positions since the age of 28 with titles such as chief operations officer under her belt just to give you heads up though we had some technical issues toward the end of the recording so the interview and a bit abruptly, but hey, all the gems Lisa Ho dished out are here and no need to worry because Lisa Ho is going to be a regular on this podcast for the entire season two. We touched on a whole lot of topics with Lisa Ho, uh, which included where and when does leadership or self-leadership begin, where she learned self-leadership and a whole lot more on personal and professional leadership. Take a listen and enjoy. Such an honor, uh, Lisa, to have this conversation with you, and I think you are a relevant person to speak to uh, when it comes to the topic of leadership, because you have had different leadership roles. You know, I know you have been a chief yeah. <laughs> operations officer before. You are currently a yeah. manager um, for stakeholder relations, and um, but I'm just curious to know what are the leadership perceptions that you have had or you had before that you feel like you have had to change as you navigate different leadership roles in your professional life? You know, Emilia, I remember uh, at a point in in my career where I um, had just received a promotion. um, And I had, at the time, I was, you know, part of a, a team of people. Uh, and I was promoted to a divisional manager and I had mm. to lead a team of uh, technical experts, uh, being a non-technical person in an engineering field. And really what I brought to the space was my business acumen and my, my understanding of, of people and behavior and how we could use uh, and fuse those two aspects mm. in terms of being able to achieve not only a commercial uh, objective, but also a solution that was really just people oriented. Mm. And at the time of my appointment, I remember being very anxious, thinking, oh, my goodness, you know, how am I going to now all of a sudden from being, you know, one of the people in the gang and to suddenly being the boss, you know. And when I looked <laughs> at other examples of leadership, uh, I saw uh, specifically uh, female leaders. Yeah. I saw how women tended to be very aggressive, you know, um, wanting to be feared, you know, as a way for them to command respect. Um, and it was either that or a very domineering sort of style of leadership that men um, exercised. And I found that very uncomfortable because I'm not a very aggressive person by nature. You mm. know, uh, I, I'm a peaceful somebody. I, <laughs> I want us to all get along. You know, I want us to all achieve, you know, a common objective. Yeah. And, and I think at the start of my career, I was very naive about it because that's what I thought corporate life was about. It's about, oh, we all get together. It's all nice. You know, we're all buddy buddies. And mm. I realized that actually being in a corporate environment can be very cutthroat. And so at that point in my career, I had to decide who do I want to be? What kind of leader do I choose to become? And after really some 
self-introspection and I didn't have a lot of time to do this, I decided actually that I want to be myself. I want to continue to be the Lisekho that I know. Yeah. I want to be able to continue to connect with people on a human level because that's really, um, I think, part of what makes me, you know, um, effective. Uh, but I also mm. want to be able mm-hmm. to to connect with them in, in a way that, that draws out their um, potential without being aggressive and demanding and commanding um, respect. And I think for me at that point, I think I was 28 years at, at, at the time, it, it was a defining moment in terms of my leadership style and in terms of how I then subsequently chose to model my, my, my leadership in terms of remaining authentic, remaining in my power by, by continuing to be myself, not by putting on this armor, you know, where I go to work and suddenly I'm this other persona and when I leave, then I'm a different person altogether. True. I believe True. in the power of integration that, you know, you, you are your whole self, you know, you bring all your collective experiences together, you know, yeah. you aren't just one yeah. thing. You know, um, and I think being able to embrace all the different parts of you actually make you uh, even more of of an effective and dynamic and a powerful leader, really, as opposed to shying away and saying, oh, oh, I'm not going to embrace the feminine side of things, because that's what makes us a lot more intuitive, for example. It's what makes us to be able to be a lot more perceptive and and to be able to discern and be more insightful and coming up with with, with innovative ways of, of how we can, you know, do things. And so for me, it's really about just being able to just choose to be me yeah. regardless of the position that I hold, regardless of the environments that I find myself in and in all aspects of my life to, to remain authentic. And I think that's often and always the, the common denominator uh, in, in all the different hats that I wear, in all the different positions that I hold, um, that I am always me, you know, and I think people that I interact with will, will always find that um, that's the one thing that doesn't change. The, the work might change, the role might be different, the job title might be might be different, but at the core of it all is is, is the person, and 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 that's this is who I have chosen to to be uh, to show up as my whole self, um, and, and to be authentic in everything that I do. Yeah, and I really do appreciate what you are saying because I often see and hear comments where people will say so-and-so is a weak leader basically because they didn't make a particular decisions that they were expected to make but i i I stand by what you're saying that you know to be a true leader you basically have to go back to who you are on the inside and use who you are to influence other people but it also sounds like you've got your own definition of what leadership is or what leadership uh, should be do you mind sharing that with us I think for me, leadership is about being deliberate uh, and about being intentional with my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, in order for me to achieve a particular uh, impactful outcome. That really for me is is what guides me when I approach leadership and that's how I, I practice leadership as well. Your academic background shows that you have studied the topic of leadership quite extensively and you are still doing so, even when you are an accomplished leader. Why do you think it's still necessary for you to study this topic? I have always been fascinated by the psychology of being, you know, um, going behind and understanding why do people do what they do? You know, why is it that they achieve a particular outcome? Why is it that we might all start off with the same set of circumstances, but we end up in different places? Is it about the circumstance itself that we find ourselves in? 
Is it about the decisions that an individual makes? Is it about luck? Is it personality, mm. attitude, or even about just the opportunity that is present? And I think for me, because I've always been so fascinated about the psychology, you know, behind things, why do things work the way that they do? And, and, and in particular, mm. uh, people, um, I think, is, is really what just fascinates me the most. I think that's really what has made me to, to go back and to just understand, you know, the realm of leadership. And it's, it's, and it's largely influenced by my own experience, um, having worked in, in, in corporate environments, you know, and, and seeing different types of behavior and thinking, yo, but this is not what leadership looks like. It certainly doesn't feel like good leadership, this, you know, and, and wanting to just understand, <laughs> but why do people do, do this? You know, I mean, this is so nonsensical. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if you behave in this particular way, it's going to lead to particular outcomes, you know. Why are people not a lot more intentional? And I'm referring here to what we might describe as bad leadership, you know, and we think that, you know, yeah. and, and for me, I've always, always thought that there must be some kind of a, um, a base in terms of the psychology of this person. What is this about this person that it makes them show up in this particular way and makes them lead in a way that, that, that they do? Um, and, and so for me, uh, it was really just to, what, the, the desire to understand why I've had the kind of leaders that I've had as well. What was it about me that kind of brought, you know, those kinds of situations uh, in, into my own life? Did I need to learn certain things? Did I need to enhance or refine my own leadership experience? Um, and it was ultimately really about wanting to understand, can't you then what is, what is good leadership? And to my surprise, kind yeah. of what I learned was that actually even bad leadership is leadership, actually, because we assume <laughs> that leadership is only one way. You know, that it's only, you know, positive, yeah. it leads to, but bad leadership is, is also leadership. It, 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 it just might result in negative outcomes, but it's leadership nonetheless. And so for me, it was really about just partly, yes, being interested in, in, in the psychology of why people do what they do. But it was also mm. influenced by seeing what, you know, some of the things that we've seen. In, in, in corporate organizations, but also in the public sector as well, you know, many leadership failures, many organizations that have gone through quite a number of challenges. And at the core of all of those things wasn't so much about the lack of technical competence or the lack of financial resources, but it was about the human uh, element, the individuals, um, you know, and, and, and the quality of the leadership that was being provided that led to many mm -hmm. of those um, that the demise of many of those of, of those companies, um, which has had a lot of you know negative consequences. And for me, it was always fascinated me. But why is it that when something or somebody has so much potential, but it it doesn't quite turn out, you know, or lead to 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 positive and transformational outcomes? Why don't people seize that opportunity and use that, you know, to to for 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 the greater good? Why do people kind of veer into the dark side? So I think really. You know, in short, I, I was interested by the dark side of leadership, you know, in order for me to understand what does the good side of leadership actually then look like? And what does it take for you to actually then be able to um, harness it, you know, nurture it in such a way that you ultimately are able to, you know, practice it and exude it and, and, and share it not only just for yourself, but also everyone else, you know, who works in your realm, you know. So, yeah, it started off just by trying to just you know, understanding the dark side of things in order for me to understand, you know, the light, you know, that that is ultimately there and the, and the opportunity that that leadership provides. Yeah, and I think you remind me of something that uh, somebody once said uh, that uh, the actually the, his comment was that the, the bad management that he was exposed 
he was exposed yeah. to uh, was actually teaching him the kind of manager that he actually wants to be. So I think that it does help to actually look at, um, you know, to just study yes. the behaviors, the leadership behaviors of other people so that you can get to a space where you define how you would like to be a leader. You Absolutely. Know? And I know that we are talking about uh, personal leadership, but I do know that most of the time we can master professional leadership mm -hmm. because we behave or uh, professional leadership is required in sort of like predictive environments, yep. you know, uh, in, in the workplace where the values or the culture of the organization sort of like guides how we behave on a day-to-day -day basis. Mm -hmm. But I find that personal leadership is a different story altogether. In your opinion, what is the difference between the two? Well, personal leadership is really about, you know, um, how I choose to interact firstly with myself, how I choose to show up uh, as a person firstly, but also the secondly, then as, as a leader, but also how I choose to connect with people from, from that, from a humane uh, and authentic uh, perspective. Whereas professional leadership is very much about, you know, how we are expected to behave in a work environment. Uh, and often it, it, that expectation comes with us needing to, play a particular role um to be perceived yeah. in a particular way and and often we think the two are separate you know that we think that when i get to work you know i leave myself at the door and i've often heard that you know in in, in my in my career that no you you leave your 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 issues at home you know and when you come here then you just focus on work i i think for me that's mm. a, a, a misnomer because then we, we are encouraging people to not be their true selves because all yes. those things that 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 contribute into making who I am um, are actually important in order for me to be able to make decisions uh, in, in the workplace. You know, if I had to forget about the side of me that is a mother, for example, you know, I might not be able mm. to make the kind of decisions that take into account, um, you know, the, ex the personal experiences of people. If somebody approaches me in a work environment yes. and says, you know, it's, it's COVID-19 at the moment. I'm having particular challenges in terms of being able to, to navigate and manage and balance my different responsibilities, homeschooling my kids at home, but at the same time delivering, um, you know, to the work and, uh, responsibilities. Then I'm not really going mm. to, to be able to respond in a way that reflects my own understanding, but also my own personal experience as well. Because if all we're ever connecting, if we're only ever connecting on the basis of being very mechanistic, you know, just about the deliverable. You must just do these two things. The rest, I don't care about. Then actually we miss out on a wonderful opportunity, you know, to, to see people for, 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 for who they really are, but to also allow them to be able to thrive um, in, in different yeah. spaces as well. You know, so for me, it, 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 the two actually are not separate, but actually we need to, to, to see them as different aspects that need to be integrated in order for us to be whole selves who are able to be a lot more productive and a lot more effective in, in, in what we're doing. So I would actually um, support the, the, the concept that personal and professional leadership are not two separate things, but they are uh, complementary sides of, of, of one coin, really, where you are ultimately yeah. used as, as, as ultimately one individual who's able to, to give of your very best uh, regardless of the, the circumstance or the, or, the, or the situation that you find yourself in. Yeah, so it's like the two should be cultivated together. Absolutely. So you can't be strong in one and be poor in the other, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, which brings us to the 
uh, this topic actually uh, that I want us to look at because there are some school of thoughts that believe that um, leaders are born mm-hmm. and others mm-hmm. believe that you know you can actually develop leadership skills. Yes. Uh, but in your opinion, where does leadership start? You know, does it start when I get a managerial position? It, is it is it really is it all that there is? You know. You know, leadership is it's uh, sort of like restricted to leadership roles or stuff like that. Where does it start? Oh, I think leadership starts even before you you enter the workplace. Um, I think very much um, linked to to what I've been saying. I think leadership goes all the way back to starting with you. I mean, if I think of my own experiences of leadership, it started way back um, in my formative years. You know. Um, watching my my mother, who was a very young mom, mom at the time, who needed to go back to school to complete her studies, ultimately going to university and eventually getting her own master's degree. Uh, it's about my grandmother, who, who stayed with us and looked after us while my mom went to school and went to work. Uh, how she went from being a, a seamstress to ultimately owning her own businesses uh, and, 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 and doing all of this um, while being uneducated. Um, and so for me, you know, leadership is modeled in our own homes. Um, We see how we are parented. We see uh, the friends that we have. And and all of those things form um, ideas in our minds about what leadership looks like. And I think when we ultimately then enter into workspaces, even in our friendships as well, you see, you know, how people behave, how they conduct themselves and how they choose to to live, you know, certain lives or, or, or the certain decisions or the certain paths that they follow. And so I think really by the time you get to the workplace, um, you already have an idea of what leadership looks like. And I think unless you are deliberate and intentional um, with with the kind of leadership um, that you want to display and the kind of leader that you want to be, you you can end up anywhere really. So it's not about that first uh, promotion or that first job or even that managerial position that you you occupy. It, 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 It starts with yourself in terms of, how do I want to, to, to be perceived and experienced uh, as a person, but also then as a leader? Because you, you, you're also a leader, even with, um, with, without that title of, that says manager or chief, don't, don't, you, you are a leader in your, in your own right. And I think for me, part of the fascination as well in terms of the psychology of leadership is also about understanding the concept of followership. You know, very often we focus yeah. more on the leader. You know, uh, very often we believe, as, as you've said, that there's this notion that leaders are born or, you know, are leaders made, you know, is it something that you can learn. But even as a follower, I play a very important role, you know, and often we discount the role of the follower because we think that the leadership is top down. You know, the leader kind of gives us these instructions and then we must go do. It's the leader who 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 takes all of the uh, the credit. But true leadership is is not possible without effective followers you need followers in order for you to be able to achieve you know what it is that you that you that you are striving for you know so so i think uh, for me really i I would want to encourage you know people to to really just open themselves up to the notion of what followership looks like because very often we think that i must just aspire to being at the top of the pyramid but you can be leader in your own space wherever you are in whatever um, yeah. um, uh, uh, structure that you find yourself in, you know, so where you are in your place right now, you are a leader, whether your title reflects it or not, you are a leader. 
and it's and it's really about you owning that and but most importantly defining for yourself what that looks like don't wait until you get that promotion don't wait until you are affirmed or, or you don't wait until you are chosen or somebody says ah but you are leader of what what you already are the, you already are there but you need to, to believe it, you need to see it, and you need to model that for yourself and also for those people who are around you who, that you interact with. So it starts with you. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you are bringing quite an interesting topic into the fore right yeah. now, uh, the topic of effective followership. Yes. Because I think the truth is that if you are a leader, if you don't have effective followership, uh, you might not even be able to achieve your goals and effective uh, followership based on what you just said yeah. now. It's actually somebody who is following but behaves like a leader. Yes, you know, absolutely. Be- wow. Because you can lead people. And it's quite interesting. And I was just going to just close that yes, point you off you said, because you can lead people and they will reluctantly follow you because you have positional power. But because you don't have po- um, yeah. personal power and people are not willingly buying into your vision and willingly choosing to follow you, you know, you will not be able to be effective ultimately as a leader. So you do need, you know, active followers. Wow. Um, It's interesting that you touched on um, seeing your mother and your grandmother modeling leadership, because my next question was going to be whether you had witnessed someone mastering personal leadership And what do you think the benefits were? Because I think, obviously, the truth is we live in a time where we really want to know the rewards. You know, if I'm doing this, if I'm sacrificing what is going to be the end yes. result. So if you can talk a, a bit to that. In terms of the, the personal masterclass. Mastering, <laughs> yeah, the benefits actually of mastering personal leadership. Look, I think... Because I think, yeah. you know what, Lisa, I think it's a sacrifice, yeah. actually. I think that we often think that it's easy. Like I said mm. earlier on, that we think, okay, you know, leadership is easy. We, we don't know the internal work that has to go into it, you know, the sacrifices. Yes. And um, the many no's you have to say to yourself or the yeses you have to say to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, for me, as I said, you know, leadership um, started way back, you know, in my formative years, watching, you know, those two very strong um, people in my life uh, modeling what, what leadership looks like. And I think for me, I certainly saw a lot of um, sacrifice. I saw a lot of hard work uh, that went into the decisions that they made because they wanted a, a better life for themselves. They wanted a better life for their families. Um, there were many uh, sleepless nights. I mean, I certainly remember many nights when my mom was up studying. So she had a, a day job. She would come home and she would you know, take care of the family. And in the evening when we, when we went to bed, she would stay up and, and continue with her studies. Um, and so often we, we, we celebrate the result and we think it is easy, you know, and, and we think, oh, wow, we, we, we celebrate the hype. But we often don't see the, the, the lonely nights, the lonely journey that you have to walk by yourself, the, the amount of preparation yeah. that goes into uh, achieving any amount of success, really. And, and in some ways, it can be a lonely journey. But I think for me, it can be really such a, uh, an instructive journey because this, that's where you, you, you truly learn who you really are, because that's where you really come face to face with, you know, what it is that you are prepared to put in and what it, what it is that you're prepared to, to, to give up and to sacrifice in order for you to achieve that ultimate destination. So for me, really, um, the power of a strong work ethic, the power of resilience, but also the power of 
um, striving for excellence is, is, is what I have seen in terms of um, what, what, what goes into uh, leadership because it, it doesn't just happen, right? I mean, you might be somebody who is blessed with the kind of attributes that, you know, it's easy for you to, to get along with people, you know, you know, again, going back to the notion yeah. about, you know, are leaders born or made? So you might have those natural abilities in terms of being able to connect with people and being able to lead people, but you still have to put in the yeah. effort. You still have to put in the time. Yeah. You still have to do your own research. You still have to do the preparation so that when you show up and you look and you sound excellent, it's because of all the amount of <laughs> hours and the time that you have put in. But it's also because you have yeah. held this image and this vision for yourself to say, that's where I want to get to. And in order for you to get there, be prepared to put in the time and be prepared to put in the work because it just doesn't happen by itself, by, by sheer luck. You've got to put in the time. And ultimately, you, you have yeah. to keep then refining. Even when you are there, you, you are never really quite there because you are there for that moment in time. You celebrate, you, you honor, and you acknowledge that process. But then at that point, you have to keep going because then, you know, that speaks to then to, to the importance of, of growth and, and, and evolution and, 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 and honing your craft because leadership is also a craft, you know, uh, that we have to focus on because oftentimes we focus on the technical side of leadership. Um, you know, do I have the accounting skills? Do I have the strategy skills? Do I, do I have the marketing yeah. skills? Without understanding that, but the leadership side of it is also a competence that needs to be honed as well, that needs to be nurtured and developed and worked on in order for you to achieve the kind of results that you ultimately want to achieve. Yeah, and you're right, because behind every product, there's a, there's a human being. Yes. You know, you know yeah. <laughs> and you, you just mentioned something that I, I think that is quite critical. You said uh, we must be ready to put on the work you yes. know, and, and, and make efforts. So if somebody is listening to you right now and the person is going like, okay, listen, I hear you. I want to start. I want to cultivate self-leadership mm. or personal leadership. Where do you start? If you want to hone this, because you just said it's actually a crime. Yes, it absolutely you know? is. So... I think a very good place to start would be by looking at um, a, a concept that is referred to as the eight life dimensions. It's also referred to as mm -hmm. the eight life uh, dimensions, uh, eight, eight dimensions of well-being. And, and these are broken up into, into hmm. two, um, being the internal aspects and also the external aspects. The internal aspects hmm. relates to the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and also the intellectual. Uh, and then the external uh, dimensions would be the professional, you know, your career now. Um, it's also about, you know, social yeah. um, and, and also just the, the environment in which you find yourself in, whether you are uh, very conscious from an environmental perspective, but also just in terms of your own personal circumstances and the environment within which you operate. And if you were to take each one of those dimensions that I've mentioned now and you identify and you articulate for yourself what do I want to achieve in this area of my life? What do I want to achieve just physically, health-wise? What do I want to achieve? How do I want to feel emotionally? Um, wh what sort of relationship do I want to have with myself, with, with my higher being, whether that's a God or, or, or whatever name that, that, that you, 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 you attach to it? Um, but spiritually, you know, what is my foundation? What, what is it that I want to fuel me intellectually? What are the things that I need to learn yeah. and to know in order for me to propel myself and my career forward? You know, and so about 
being very intentional about each one of those areas in your life, defining a vision for yourself and what it is that you want to achieve. And then mapping those. I think, first of all, you kind of do a diagnosis, right? You kind of look at, you say, okay, how am I currently doing in each one of these areas? Where am I at the moment? Yeah. But also where do I ultimately want to get to? And what are the steps that I need to put in place in order for me to get there? And then doing that constant process of refinement, review, realignment, etc., and to continuously to monitor and to look at how far you've come. But also, most importantly, ask for help. You know, you don't have to walk this journey alone. I think there are many people out there. I mean, I've been mentored by many people, either formally or informally. And informally could be about reading about somebody's uh, experiences and saying, wow, you know, I'm learning one, two, three things yeah. from, from this person. Because often we, we think experience is something that you have to personally go through, but you can also learn from other people's experiences as well. Yeah. But also don't be afraid to put up your hand and say, uh, can I try that? You know, as part of your own Yeah, process, oh, I need yes, help. Yes, I need help, but also, you know, can I give it a try? Let me see if I can do this, you mm. know. But also don't be afraid well. of failure because I think failure is a wonderful teacher. Failure is a wonderful opportunity for feedback. It, it, it actually basically tells you where you are on your journey, you know. So embrace um, that process, you know, of really just going within, looking at those different dimensions about, you know, how do I want to show up? What kind of leadership do I want to provide in my own life across these different uh, dimensions that I've mentioned now? And that ultimately can be a, a roadmap almost, a blueprint in a way in terms of what it is you want to achieve in your own life, but it can also be a roadmap in terms of the kind of leader that you want to be as well. And you can apply it across different settings as well. Uh, so really that would be, you know, um, what I can share. It, it, it comes from a theoretical basis and there's lots of references I can give you about it. And, and we can go out there and kind of look into to, to these different things. But ultimately, it's about being able to integrate all those different aspects of your life. Because if you are misaligned in one area of your life it's going to affect the other parts of you as well so the idea is to try and seek balance although balance is not always something that we perfectly achieve at the same time you know all the time mm -hmm. and that's okay that, that that's perfectly fine as i said that's part of the feedback to say oh oh, oh you know please pay attention to to, to this uh, part of my life um or i'm doing great here uh keep going uh, but I need some help in another part of, of, of my life as well. But again, it goes back to that definition that I shared with you, you know, that for me, it's ultimately being uh, deliberate and it's ultimately being intentional in my life. But it's also about just recognizing that it starts with me. You know, that's for me is a consistent theme that, that I keep mentioning. And, and it's a theme that I go back to. It starts with me. I need to start yeah. the journey. I need to start by defining for myself, who am I? What do I want? What do I want to achieve? How can I get there? And then looking externally. You know, the last question that I have for you uh, is based on the fact that, you know, and based on what you said, and I'm glad that you mentioned the, the concept of, of, of failure on the mm. journey, you know, to yes. personal uh, leadership. I think a lot of people, and I have seen it flying around on social media that um, uh, sometimes motivation or motivational speaking or motivational content uh, sounds like a hoax because mm. uh, people go maybe to conferences or li they listen to this content and then they go back home and they try to apply 
and they feel like nothing is working or they feel I, I, I can't speak for other people, you know, yeah. but I, I would just like you to share what to expect, you know, on your, on your journey as you practice personal leadership or self-leadership. What is it that you can expect? And perhaps maybe what do you do, you know? Mm. Look, I mean, the, starting off, it will probably fill you with a lot of excitement because now you're thinking, oh, great, you know, I'm taking charge and taking control of my life. And it, feel, and it gives you, you know, the fuel and the motivation to keep going. And that's, and that's great. But as you quite rightly uh, point out, um, there are challenges along the way. There will be times when you stumble. There will be, there will be bad days, you know. Uh, you will be confronted with that despite all of the reading and your preparation, et cetera, and you go out there and you show up when you want to, to share what, what it is you know and, 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 and your hunger and your enthusiasm. And people are not receptive to it, you know, and people are like, hey, this one is now, you know, being jajarach, you know. Uh, and, and that can be a dampener to, to your spirit. Um, and I think it's important to be realistic. Uh, it's very much, leadership, the leadership journey is very much uh, about um, life, really. It, it, there are wonderful experiences. And, um, and despite the amount of effort that you put in, there will be those times of challenge. And I think it is when you experience those times of challenge that actually for me, those are the times when you more than ever, you need to recommit to why it is that you started in the first place. And that's why it's very important to understand in the beginning, you know, don't just fall into this, you know, process to say, ah, no, I want to be a CEO. I think I can do a better job than this one, you know that's not a compelling enough reason. You, you have to be very clear about why is it that I want to achieve this? Why is it that I want to get to my next level? And your why yeah, true. needs to be so compelling that it will pull you through those dark days because those dark days will be there. Those dark days will come through. And in those moments when you are feeling that way, now more than ever is to reconnect back to why it is that you started in the first place. And that's why if you, go, if you write down and you keep a record of those eight life dimensions that I spoke about earlier, about what it is you're wanting to achieve ac across different aspects. It will remind you why you started in the first place. But it's also those times where you should be reaching out to other people to say, hey, man, I'm having a challenge with X, Y, Z. How do I overcome this hurdle that, that I am faced with? You know, because life is not perfect. You know, it is filled with a, a lot of challenges, but it's also filled with, with a lot of mystery. But I think also for me, that's often when you really get confronted with who you really are. And indeed, life is never perfect and can be quite a mystery. That's why it needs us to be deliberate and intentional about our thoughts, feelings and actions, as Lisa has stated. I really um, enjoyed this episode and I hope you did too. Don't forget to subscribe, rate this episode and leave a comment. I'm looking forward to meeting you in the next episode. Until next time, bye and thank you for listening.